Hi and welcome to the We Are Zion Sermon Podcast. We are a local church based here in Chennai, India. We are so glad you are with us and hope that this will encourage, inspire and instill fresh faith in you. As Lent is underway, we began a new series titled The Cross, the Tomb, the Way. We have Pastor Geshom sharing God's word with us today on Jesus in the wilderness experiencing temptation firsthand. Our journeys may look very different from the journey that Jesus undertook while on earth, but the common factor is the struggle against sin. He, being fully human and fully God, experienced this and yet emerged victorious. We can, with the power of the Holy Spirit and the word of God, also emerge triumphant. Hi church, it's such a joy and a privilege to be bringing God's word to you today. We've all uh, started this Lenten journey and uh, we are in our third uh, week of this Lenten journey. And for some of us who've already um, are doing our Bible plan, which we've put out, praying the scriptures through Lent, uh, it's a very pivotal time for us to actually see the Holy Spirit getting featured in this Lenten Bible plan. And our prayer is that even as we read that, uh, this sermon that we are going to continue on spiritual warfare, the second part of last week's sermon, our prayer is that it will minister to you, that the Holy Spirit will become more real than ever before. And whatever you're going through, you know, my prayer is that even as I was meditating and preparing to speak God's word, was that I asked the Holy Spirit, God work in and through me and also work in and through everyone who's listening to your word. So even before we get into God's word, I just want to say a quick prayer so that our hearts will be open to what God has to say for us. A loving Heavenly Father, I pray even as we've opened up the scriptures, even as we dwell in your word, I pray it will come alive. I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe a fresh wind into our nostrils, into our inner man, Lord Jesus. Refresh us. I pray that, Lord, if there are areas which we need to turn back, Lord Jesus, to you, show it to us that we'll be quick to do it, Lord. Let your word convict, instruct, and discipline us, Lord Jesus. And I pray more than anything, may we draw closer to you, Lord Jesus, more than ever before. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So we started this Lenten series and uh, we had explained that we'll be looking through each gospel every week. And so in the first week, we saw what it is to take up a cross from the book of Matthew in the entire gospel of Matthew. And we saw that, you know, it's it's tough, but we have to give in to what it takes. And we saw that the minute we start doing this, Jesus is glorified in and through us. And the second part last week, we saw uh, at the Garden of Gethsemane from the book of Mark, what it takes you know, to actually watch and pray that we are all in the spiritual warfare. And the concluding part of that verse was watch and pray lest you fall into temptation. And today we are going to be looking into the uh, temptation that Jesus came across as uh, he was walking on the face of this earth. You know, and it's an interesting passage for us to look on. And we're going to be looking uh, entirely from the book of Luke today. I know the same occurrence happens in Matthew. But as we are going through this, uh, our prayer is that God will reveal his scriptures to us. It will come alive. And we'll be able to see what Jesus did 
and what we can learn from what Jesus did and apply that into our lives. And even before I get into that part, I want to read a portion of scripture as a reference uh, to the entire sermon that we're going to be hearing, reading from Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 to 16. And this is what it says. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weakness, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. For he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Yes, I'm repeating that. Yet he did not sin. He faced every temptation that you and I are going through. Yet he did not sin. And the reason why he did not sin is because he was God in human flesh walking here on this earth. And today, one of the things that we get to worship is we get to worship a triune God. We get to worship God the Father. We get to worship God the Son. We get to worship God the Holy Spirit. When we invite the Holy Spirit to be part of us, he's in us. He's with us in every decision. So today we don't live a life without the Holy Spirit. And that's why before I started, I mentioned as we're looking through this week in this Lenten seeds about the Holy Spirit, our prayer is that he will bring conviction. He will give strength and he will help us in this journey. So even before we start this entire um, uh, reading from Luke, you know, man actually failed when it came to temptation. Man failed when it came to sin. You know, man couldn't stand against it. So what happened was back in Genesis, uh, when God created the heaven and the earth, he created a garden and he put man and woman there and he told not to eat of one. The very thing that we were told not to do is the very thing that we did because we thought God was not clear with his instruction. We thought something around the area what God instructed, you know, Satan kind of like had manipulated, had kind of like come in as the accuser. In fact, one of the references of Satan is he's an accuser. He, you know, he's divisive. He's deceitful in his nature. And one of the things he constantly wanted to come and undo is the fact that whatever God told, he wants to undo it. He wants to create that doubt and say, I think, you know what, God doesn't want you to have it because of something. And that one thought that he planted in Eve resulted in Eve becoming a part of sin, committing that sin. And it went on to Adam falling into sin. And in turn, we see that we fell from the relationship that we had. And ever since that, he has taken dominion over the earth and tried to regulate everything till God came down in human form as Jesus. As a baby, he was born. He was flawless. He did not know sin and he did not commit any sin. And so when he died on the cross, in fact, these 40 days, what we're looking at is the life of Jesus so that we'll realize the price that was paid on the cross. And because of the price that was paid, we have salvation. Because of the price that he has paid, we are able to walk in confidence because we've received grace, which was not intended for us. And in turn, what are we able to do? We are able to call on him. We're able to say, Jesus, please help me with this temptation. Jesus, please go before me. Jesus, do something. And you know, uh, it's interesting as we read Luke 4, uh, Luke 3 is where Jesus goes uh, to the wilderness where John the Baptist is and where he gets baptized. He in obedience gets baptized and we can see the skies open. The father, you know, uh, says from heaven, this is my beloved son whom I'm well pleased. And there's a physical representation of the Holy Spirit in the form of a dove which comes down and sits on Jesus. 
and it's this holy spirit which leads him into the wilderness and so let's just read that passage from Luke chapter 4 verse 1 and 2 it goes on to say when Jesus full of the holy spirit returned from the jordan river he was led by the spirit in the wilderness where he was tempted by the devil for 40 days Jesus ate nothing at all at that time and became very hungry couple of things i want to highlight as i mentioned jesus just finished meeting his cousin john the baptist got baptized in obedience to the laws and the scriptures that were foretold by the prophets earlier and he you know walked with the holy spirit into the wilderness in fact it says it the holy spirit led him things that are evident here when reading the scripture is when we accept jesus and when we allow the holy spirit to guide us he is going to guide us into some wilderness seasons some dry seasons some seasons where we you know probably are running dry on every level probably running dry internally probably nothing is happening physically for us outside in terms of our work in terms of things that we want to see some momentum happen but he is with us and sometimes it's in this wilderness season that we're able to build endurance it's in this wilderness season we're able to hear god clear it's in this wilderness season we're able to see what god is doing in us because many at times you want to see what god's doing out there but a lot of times he's working quietly in and through us and it's in this wilderness season that we are able to see him closely we able to observe him but another thing that we get to see is satan is more active at work in the wilderness season because discouragement can set in exhaustion can set in you know uh, hopelessness can set in faith may not even be there and he's more active at that time and we see here that jesus full of the holy spirit was actually not giving in to temptation there are two aspects of temptation one aspect of temptation is a lot of times we succumb to it a lot of times you know what uh, this particular relationship i should not pursue you know as a married man i pursue it and you know i crumble i have to live with some of the choices that i made or you know i fudge a report and you know i need to live with the consequences that i made i tell a lie given to the temptation of telling a lie and then i need to tell 10 more different lies to cover up the initial lie i start cheating financially and then suddenly i can see that this is just become a pattern and this suddenly becomes who i am and that's why i said initially that when the holy spirit works in and through us he convicts us and the beautiful thing that what conviction brings about is we can look to the cross the cross does not push us away but in fact draws us closer the cross doesn't you know tell us that we are not worthy of him but it in fact convicts us to say that we need a savior so that this can be left because one of the things about that temptation that we give into that eventually turns to become a lifestyle you know we suddenly become so acquainted with guilt and shame that we think that that's part of our life but when we look to the cross and when as we move closer his blood washes us it removes that guilt it removes that shame it brings truthfulness back out and we are able to stand and that temptation path that we took we suddenly have to live and face those consequences and following jesus he gives us a grace to handle that and so today if you are seated there watching and you're thinking you know what i belong to this category jesus wants to extend grace to tell you i am with you on this journey it might be tough it might look like in wilderness but i'm here with you to make sure you're will making the right steps you're making the right decisions you're making the right life choices would you listen to him today but there is another kind of temptation that we see what happens here is that satan is 
time and again the minute you started following jesus and every day as you wake up to follow him and do what he asks you to do you will hear him coming badgering you and you know disturbing every little piece that you have to putting that doubt putting that fear removing that faith that you have in jesus to tell you that you do not matter it's better to do things that he says rather than what the word of god says and that's what you're going to see how did jesus overcome this because honestly if jesus overcame this it means that we can learn from him it's uh, it's it's proven and what happened jesus just didn't overcome temptation these three times but over the three and a half years of his journey he overcame every time satan used people satan used different methods and it took to a place where jesus went to the cross and died and there we see jesus had the ultimate victory over him death could not hold him the grave could not hold him and today we worship a resurrected savior and so today the temptations that we face jesus is willing it says that in verse 16 what we read that he's gracious enough because he's walked through that and in that walking he did not sin in this walking we might have sin but he's willing to walk with us even further so that we'll be able to become bold in what we tell what we stand and who we stand for and that is jesus alone and so today if you're thinking jesus does not understand he understands he knows he just wants you to come to him he wants us to open our mouths and ask you know many a times as a father i love when my kids ask me things rather than even asking my wife to ask me i would say you know the channel is open i'm not here i don't need a mediator you can ask and jesus wants us to ask him directly ask him for help a loving father will go all out to help his child a loving savior will go all out to help his children and we have a loving savior his nature is to save his nature is to give hand and pull us out of that if we are honest if we are truthful if we are really wanting to be saved by jesus so there are three things i want us to take from um, this temptation that jesus walked through in luke chapter 4 a lot of us will know the story but even as we know the story i would ask if you can open your eyes and see through it uh, with fresh eyes because there's something that god wants to work in and through us you know we've just been through a turmoil over the last two years this march we if we recollect it's two years since the entire pandemic started and there's been confusion there's been chaos and probably we've actually given in to some of these temptations and and so my prayer is that even as we hear god will open our eyes so that we'll be able to see the first thing is that in the spiritual warfare we will not settle for the temporary don't settle for the temporary can we read from luke chapter 4 verse 3 to 4 it goes on to say then the devil said to him if you are the son of god tell this stone to become a loaf of bread verse 4 but jesus told him no the scripture says people do not live by bread alone just look at this 40 days in the wilderness without eating you know and jesus is walking and in the sheer exhaustion is when satan is coming to tempt jesus i don't know how many of you have been in this state of exhaustion i've been in the state of exhaustion uh, pretty much every year so many times i've been in the state of exhaustion 
you know there have been intense conferences that i've really worked that at the end of it i'm just exhausted and i've realized it's in that exhaustion i can make really dumb choices it's in that exhaustion i can realize you know my head is not clear it's in that exhaustion i realize my emotions are all over the place it's in that exhaustion i realize i'm able to settle for something and not move ahead and so today as we read this jesus did not settle for what satan was asking him to do jesus did not settle and say you know what yeah i can make this stone you know uh, a loaf of bread i'll do that no but he goes on to counter it saying i'm not here to listen to you satan but i'm here to do what the word of god asks me to do every word that proceeds from the mouth of the lord and today are we giving in to some of these temporary things that are actually seeming important to us because we are exhausted today if you're a parent today if you're working more than 15 16 hours uh, a day and then towards the end of the week you're just sheer exhausted you know you really given to whatever is around be it watching whatever you want be it eating whatever is not right uh, probably being in places where you should not be god wants us to come to this place where we'll be able to take control and not listen to what the enemy is saying today a lot of us have actually uh, probably fallen into temptation in these areas because we've been really exhausted probably you're a person who's been exhausted in your marriage that you've looked outside of your marriage probably you've uh, are in a relationship but you're so exhausted by just everything that's happening around that you've found some other dependency probably you're exhausted in your work that you've started some kind of a substance abuse probably you're exhausted with the responsibilities of your life that you've started steering away and saying you know what jesus doesn't make sense i'm here to tell you the word of god makes sense his word makes sense his mercies are new every morning that's why it's important for us to develop a healthy habit of reading god's word a healthy habit where we are not asking you to read multiple uh, chapters every day but start by reading couple of those verses so that those words with which you read that will start meditating within your spirit man that he'll be able to dwell on it chew on it as you go about doing your work and soon you'll realize his word refreshes you his word gives you a clear perspective his word sets you up for the day ahead satan knew who jesus was and you know who had sent him and if there's one thing that he wanted to do and which he thought you know will be his biggest achievement is if he if he can derail god in human form and so he goes all out you know it's interesting that he first attacks him with food because in our physical being the first exhaustion that we have we all gravitate towards food you know um i've been the oldest of uh, in uh, as a family of 3 and uh, one of the things that we've done time and again is we tempt our siblings with with what we want to get out of them with regard to food hey you have a chicken leg can i have that i'll do this for you and i see time and again happening with my kids around the dining table especially when someone likes one kind of food they'll trade something for having a larger portion of that but today if you look here exhaustion leads us to make some really dumb choices i would say we read from the bible in genesis where two brothers you know the older brother went out hunting and when he came back he was exhausted 
he saw his younger brother preparing this amazing soup and a stew that he sold his entire birthright his inheritance as the oldest he sold it for a pot of stew today what are you exhausted what are you willing to compromise just because you're exhausted what are you willing to give up just because you're exhausted can you ask god to strengthen you and i would urge you if you can direct your attention to the word of god he's willing to set you free today lot of us have been bound by drugs we've literally been addicted it's the result is you know i'll feel good now so i'll give in to it as i mentioned earlier we've either started fudging reports so that we can see certain immediate results in our career path or we are probably seeing how we are spending money that is not ours probably on the company tab so that we can just have a lavish lifestyle of some sort god's wanting you not to give in to those temptations it's okay for people of the world but it's not okay for people who follow jesus because that's not the nature of jesus that's nature of satan that's nature of the devil who's actually trying to work his way in and through you you'll soon realize in exhaustion every decision that you made you're easily able to justify and find some way to make yourself feel better but jesus is wanting to work in and through you the word of god sooner or later will start convicting you and it'll start working in and through you it won't leave you the same the same word which works in and through me when i'm at 34 will start working in and through me when i'm 38 and it will convict me of certain life choices i've made or things that i'm thinking which i think is right but when i read in the word god will know best it doesn't work well for me so today can we be clear as to what his word does his word sets us free its word gives us freedom it doesn't want us to be slaved in bondage his word gives life to us today it doesn't bring death today a lot of the choices that we made out of exhaustion is literally death over our relationships over our family members over the people that we love and care the most his word brings joy unending joy it doesn't bring about a temporary fix where you're just high for a moment like an adrenaline shot no it brings joy unspeakable joy his word brings strength strength to the weary strength to the weak strength when you're in the wilderness whereas if you give in to the exhaustion it feels like a chain that's around your neck where you're you you can't move to the left or right and you're bound his word brings peace his word brings peace whereas when you make choices out of this exhaustion and fall into temptation it brings peacelessness you're restless in your spirit because you know you're not doing the right thing His word brings fulfillment into your life. The waiting that you are, the journey that you are, the place that God's placed you in, the relationship that God's given you and the family that God's put you in will bring fulfillment because you fall under his will. But when you step out of his will, you'll see that there's nothing that can satisfy you. His word will give rest. Your spirit will be at ease. Your spirit will be calm. it won't be like a turbulent ocean where you're unable to handle the waves that are hitting against the wall but you'll find rest in the midst of a storm you'll find peace in the midst of that storm you'll find comfort in who our savior is so today would you be willing to do that
Deuteronomy chapter 8 verses 1 to 5 goes on to say, Be careful to obey all the commands I am giving you today. Then you will live and multiply and you will enter and occupy the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you through the wilderness of these 40 years, humbling you and testing you to prove your character and to find out whether or not you would obey his commands. Yes, he humbled you by letting you go hungry and then feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and to your ancestors. He did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, we live by every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. What a testimony to hold on. The people of Israel didn't even know what manna was till God provided what if we are like that, where we hold on to his word? Because his word is alive. His word is true. His word is, in fact, you know, there's no time limit on his word. And if you hold on to it, we will see, you know, rewards happen in our life. A lot of times we are trying to work it out. But Jesus is saying, I've walked this journey. I'm willing to give you the grace, the strength, the vigor to make sure that you're able to hold on. So today, can we not settle for the temporary? Jesus did not settle for the temporary. Jesus did not settle. Even though he had the power, he did not settle. Today, we might not have the power, which means we rely on Jesus and we do not settle. Can we close our ears to the enemy and say, I'm not listening. In my exhaustion, may we find ways in which we can claim his promises. In our exhaustion, may we run to our refuge and strength who is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The second thing is, don't misdirect your worship. Don't misdirect your worship. Luke chapter 4, verse 5 to 8 goes on to say, Then the devil took him up and revealed to him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them, the devil said, because they are mine to give to anyone I please. I will give it to all to you if you will worship me. Jesus replied, the scriptures say you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Wow, what a reply. The scripture says you must worship the Lord your God and serve only him. You know, in the book of Matthew, in fact, it's the third temptation, whereas in Luke, it's the second. You know, in terms of accuracy, it could be the second or the third, but it's there for a reason. And today I want us to come to this place and see when we see things right ahead of us, when we see things that are ahead of us, which we think we can achieve, when we see some of the things out there, who are we glorifying? Are we glorifying ourselves? Are we taking the glory for ourselves? Are we, you know, enjoying these moments for ourselves? Or as we heard two weeks back, are we reflecting that glory back to Jesus? Because Jesus is the one who gave strength. Satan will come to say that this was possible only because of him. He'll say, you know what, this is what I have. This is what I control. In fact, it's here, it's interesting. He thinks, I will give you the glory of these kingdoms and authority over them. It's important that as we do things today, we pray for it, we fast and pray for it, we ask God for a breakthrough. But the minute things happen, are we directing the glory towards us or are we giving it back 
to Jesus or are we reflecting it back to God? It's important because today there are so many things that we can easily get proud of. There are so many things that we can feel like we've achieved. And I believe it's in that pride. It's in that statement of pride that it's, it's in that. I believe when we are proud of something like that is when Satan has a room or a foothold to actually come in and, you know, quietly move us away and steer us away, away from Jesus. Today, it's interesting that as we are reading this, Jesus says that we should only worship God and we should serve him alone. Today, we have we have multiple equations around that. We worship God, but we, are, we say we are serving someone else. Today, our worship is towards God and we are serving God. What if that was our equation in everything? You're not serving a pastor. You're not serving a church name. You're not serving a church banner. No, you're serving Jesus. Today, you're not working for a non-profit, feeding the destitute or helping the poor. No, what if you're serving Jesus? Today, you're not just, uh, you know, working at your job, but what if you're serving Jesus through your job? You would see things differently. You know, we think only if you're within a closed uh, room on a Sunday, we think that's worship. Or in this case, us gathering online is worship. But what if everything that we do is worship? What if we saw everything that way? We will see everything that we've achieved with the new lens of this is only to glorify God. Satan is so cunning. Satan is so divisive. He in fact comes in and he says, I will give you the glory. Yes, he probably has the dominion over the earth, but Jesus was there who wins over everything with this crucifixion that happens on the cross. And today we are all recipients who can actually look to the cross and seek that deliverance, that freedom and that victory from him. Today, we don't have to be bound by the fact, yeah, yes, this world, troubles are there, hardships are there, things will look, you know, uh, like there's injustice. But we have a savior who's won everything and we can hold on to him like never before. You know, the Israelites had a beautiful story of how God was leading them. But eventually what happened was as they started going towards their promised land, they started comparing things with people around they wanted something like the Philistines. They wanted the chariots. They wanted the spears. They wanted, they wanted some of the things that their neighbors had. They thought that would give them glory. There was a season when, you know, uh, after Joshua's time, it went into a season of judges. And then into a season of uh, a prophet named Samuel being there. And they asked for a king. And in the midst of that, Samuel tells them, this is what a king will do. This is what he'll do to your sons. This is what he'll do to your daughters. They still demanded for a king because their neighbors around had a king. And they didn't just want God alone. Today, we have so many other things that can replace God. Are we willing to hold on to God alone in the midst of everything? Are we willing to hold on to God and worship and serve him alone day in and day out? There's an interesting quote that A.W. Tozer says uh, from his book, The Pursuit of God. He says, the man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. The man who has God for his treasure has all things in one. And today I want us to be reminded, church, our treasure entirely is him. Satan cannot give you anything. Satan cannot commit to anything. He'll tell you. 
he's he can give you something but you will have his hand over you you will have his control over you it all comes with strings attached you won't get to live your life to its fullest to what god wants you to live in that freedom he'll keep you bound it's interesting that you know the more you think about the will of god for your life the will of god for your life is like a journey is like a road which is is going straight as in faith you keep taking that step by step you will start seeing what he has in store for you but the minute you give in to the lies and the deception of the enemy it seems like an infinite loop and you'll see that you'll come back to the same place you'll come back to the same feeling of emptiness you'll come back to the same feeling of being alone and lacking peace because that's how empty he is that's how devious he is he showcases something but he will never deliver he'll never deliver every promise of his is empty it'll be like a uh, it'll be like a heavy chain that is on your neck pulling you down so today would you give yourselves wholly to god so that you can serve and worship him alone Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 10 to 13 goes on to say the Lord your God will soon bring you into the land he swore to give you many weird wow to your ancestors Abraham Isaac and Jacob it is a land with large prosperous cities that you did not build the houses will be richly stocked with goods you did not produce you will draw water from the cisterns you did not dig and you will eat from vineyards and olive trees you did not plant when you have eaten your fill in this land be careful not to forget the lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of egypt you must fear the lord your god and serve him when you take an oath you must use only his name so today the question i have for you churches as we read in the when god's taking us to the promised land the wilderness journey is that god will provide god will take care and in the midst of all of this are we still willing to worship and serve god alone are we willing to worship and serve jesus alone you know uh, i've put down here that satan's role is always one uh, of a fixer a fixer is a one who actually will fix any issue that you have legitimately or illegitimately he'll go out of his way bribe do everything but he's called as a fixer because he'll fix it you shouldn't just ask him how it's done satan is someone like that he has no moral compass he's always making sure of using some crooked way to make something happen in your life to seem like it's fixed but it's actually crumbling from within so today church will we become christ followers who are willing to worship and serve him alone that we won't go seeking after glory that we won't go and run after it where we are tempted time and again today as i mentioned today we all have this beautiful chance of actually coming back to jesus and saying jesus i want to worship you alone i want to serve you alone i'm sorry for looking at things you know and being proud of some things of which i've done and thinking it's happened because of me no it was sure only possible because of your grace can we hold on to that and ask god to work in and through us let's not become like the israelites where we forget what god's done what god's done in the wilderness in our lives what he's done throughing the tough times he's led us but we we'll, we remember that we can worship and serve a living god we'll only direct our worship towards him it's that gratefulness 
It's that thankfulness. It's the thing that we can always look up to him and say, God, because of you, we are able to do this. May we look to him alone. The third thing is, don't misinterpret scripture. Luke chapter 4 verse 9 to 13 goes on to say, Then the devil took him to Jerusalem, to the highest point of the temple, and said, If you are the son of God, jump off. For the scripture says he will order his angels and protect and guard you. And they will hold you up with your hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. Jesus responded, the scriptures also say, You must not test the Lord your God. When the devil had finished tempting Jesus, he left him until the next opportunity came. It's interesting, as we read this, we can see that Satan has started quoting scripture. In fact, the reference that he's taken from is from Psalm 91. For he will command his angels in regard to you to protect and defend and guard you in all your ways of obedience and service. They will lift you up in their hands so that you do not even strike your foot against a stone. I love how Psalm 91 actually starts with verse 1. It says, if you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, it's important for us to understand that if we are not reading the scripture for what it is, in context to what it is, we will start misinterpreting it. We will start believing something else. We will leave room for Satan to give his version of the scripture to us. We can see Satan here wanting to, you know, Turn the entire narrative of what God had planned for humanity. Jesus' entire journey here on this earth was to come down, was to be like a man in human form, walk the earth, do what he was called to do and die on the cross. And it's interesting that Satan takes Jesus to the top of the temple. And historians go back to say that, you know, Herod at one point had actually erected an eagle in uh, honor of uh, Augustus, who was a Caesar at that time. And, you know, there was an entire uh, rebel Jews who actually couldn't stand the fact that there was a foreign element on top of the temple of God, that they actually worked in bringing that down. Herod had all of them come together and he had executed them. And so there's this understanding that, When Satan takes Jesus there and makes him stand there and tells him to jump off, you know, one of the things, if Jesus had done that, yes, he could have commanded his angels to come and hold him. He would have been saved. He wouldn't have even hurt his foot or his body. He would have, you know, been been carried by them. And it would have been a wow element at that point. But what would have happened? He would have actually made... Certain things what the Jewish people were actually waiting for fulfilled. He would have probably become the king of the Jews. He would have become the Messiah to them at that time. Because they were looking for a person like this. And just imagine if that person had just come down from the temple like that. They would have probably thought this is the Messiah. No, but Jesus said to Satan, you cannot test God. God has a plan and a will for your life. You know, by us trying to take scripture and say, this is what God wants me to do and go ahead and do it with our limited understanding and limited understanding of how faith works, we will miss out on what God has in store for us. Jesus goes on to say, you will not test the Lord your God. Jesus in him being divine and him being human could have done something, but he committed to obedience. His faith caused him to obey. 
his faith his stance cost him to submit to the will of what god had planned for humanity and for the redemption of mankind so today are we looking at things differently and thinking the scripture was meant for me to happen like this and this is how the direction i'm going or are we willing to commit ourselves to what god has in store i've taken another quote from aw dosa and this is what it goes on to say any faith that must be supported by the evidence of the senses is not real faith any faith that must be supported by the evidence of the senses is not real faith so today will my faith only happen if i see this work out and play out well and will i call that faith no god wants us to have faith today knowing that you know what we don't actually know what might happen in the future and i believe that's where faith gets exercised i've had the opportunity to actually be in certain people's lives and experience and see faith being rewarded time and again one of my dear friends who is a bass guitarist amazing musician met with an accident and he got admitted in icu and he was you know in a in a state of coma for the last was for close to 50 days and i remember as i went twice a week to the hospital to see him i remember his mother having faith that he'll come out that he will rise up again that he'll be able to stand and witness and today he's doing that today he's married he has a child and he's a witness for what god's doing i still remember in my own life when my wife had to go through the procedure of uh, getting a brain aneurysm treated the doctor just an hour back told how serious this entire procedure was and what can happen and i still remember going into the room where they had prepped her and they had intubated her and that's when it sunk in my spirit god i know that something may not work out because they said we need to have the method of actually making sure we are in control of her lungs so that she can breathe and when i saw that i knew god that only my faith is only in you not on the doctors not on the things that they can do my faith is only in you and honestly there was no road map ahead at that point our faith was only on god was only on his word my faith in fact was only on his word of what he has promised my faith was only on god saying god you have to take hold of her there's nothing that i can do at this point and whatever happens after this and whatever happens after this i will still worship you whatever happens after this i'll still continue to do what i'm doing to glorify you my previous pastor 12 13 years back when he had walked through a uh, uh, a season of ill health he came the following sunday to preach and i remember very strongly saying this even if my god does not heal me he will still be my god even if my god chooses to allow me to go through this hardship i will still believe he is a healer and today in everything that we are going through in this world we will be exhausted we will be tired we will be on the verge of giving up but may we never give in to temptation of any sort may we hold on to him like never before may we hold on to him like never before and one of the things that we can hold on to is his word 
his word so that it will be edged into our heart it will be edged into our lips so that every time we open our mouth we are speaking scripture every time we open our mouth we are speaking his words and not our words that's why i believe when we memorize scriptures when we read the scriptures out loud we are not declaring empty words in faith we are declaring his words in faith we are declaring god's words in faith it may not make sense but it has the power to turn things and so church today i would encourage you let's read the bible for what it is let's not misinterpret for our convenience so that we'll have a better narrative to tell no let's do what god's asking us to do according to the scriptures misinterpreting scriptures will only lead us to disbelief and confusion it will take us to a place of emptiness we will have self doubt in us always because we are looking for answers we are searching for it but when we interpret the scripture for what it is when we read it in context we will have clarity we will see with the lens that god's given us and we'll have a renewed faith in jesus of what he is going to do in and through us so today the holy spirit is willing to bring clarity to us through his word will we allow him to bring clarity into our lives today so that we'll be able to glorify god every step of the way even before i close i just want to leave these two verses again the temptation that jesus went through and not those three instances but it went on luke chapter 4 verse 13 says when the devil had finished tempting jesus he left him until the next opportunity came So that's why I said this is spiritual warfare where we need to watch and pray. We can't just give up saying okay my temptation time is over. No. He'll time and again keep bringing it up. He'll time and again keep throwing those thoughts. He'll time and again lead us through certain places. He'll time and again bring those uh you know distractions towards us. But we should be able to come to this place to find Jesus in everything so that we'll be able to look to him. Hebrews 4:16 says so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious god there we will receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most we will find his mercy we will find grace at the most needed time so that we'll be able to overcome this temptation so church i just want to close today and ask you would you commit yourselves to jesus today would you allow him to work in and through your life because you know what we should come to this place where you're saying god this coming week i'm not going to settle for the temporary i'm not going to misinterpret the scripture for my convenience and i'm not going to misdirect my worship i'm going to direct it towards you for those of you who are actually going through a tough time you know and you're probably having guilt and shame i want us to go on this journey where we i want to pray with you and take you to the cross I believe God wants to deal with that guilt and shame so that we can leave it at the foot of the cross and we can trade it for the freedom that he's willing to give. But before that would you ask God sincerely, God, I really want your help. I really want because he's a merciful God and he's saying he'll give us the grace so that we'll be able to take that step of faith. Church can we pray? Our loving heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you Lord for this time. Lord even right now I just pray that Lord for those who have been really struggling with temptation Lord I pray for those who have given in for those who have crumbled under temptation Lord that Lord we would find strength in you we would find Lord Jesus mercy 
at the mercy seat, Lord Jesus. We come to the foot of the cross and we ask you that, Lord, you would wash us. You will drench us, Lord Jesus, with your precious blood. I pray every lie of the enemy be gone. Every stain of the enemy be gone. Every battle scar that's been inflicted on us because of us giving into this temptation be gone. May we trade everything that the enemy has given to us, Lord, for joy, for love, for peace, for freedom, for strength, for endurance, for, Lord, favor that comes only from you, Lord Jesus. I pray, Lord, each and everyone right now, can we just take our hands and place it on our heart and say, God, govern our hearts, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, may we not misdirect our worship, Lord. You alone deserve our worship, Lord. I pray, Lord, may we not settle for temporary things, Lord. May we, Lord, give in to the things that Satan brings us because of exhaustion. May our minds be clear. May our spirits be clear. May the path that we choose to take be so clear to our vision, Lord, that we'll be able to take it in faith and in boldness, knowing that you are with us. I pray even specifically, Lord Jesus, right now, that we'll look to your word and we'll never misinterpret it, that we'll hold on to your promises like never before. And we'll say that this is the God that we believe, no matter what comes our way, Lord. Be with us. Strengthen us, Lord. I pray that, Lord, you'll be with each and every one, Lord, as they step into this week. Bless the food and water of their home. I pray that you'll have good health and strength in each and every one, Lord Jesus. I pray that, Lord, you'll bless the work that they undertake. Bless the work of their hands. I pray that, Lord, you'll be with them in their going out and coming in. I pray that your favor and peace will be with each and every one. In your most holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, church, even as you step out this week, step out in boldness. Be watchful, be prayerful, and do not give in to temptation. Because we are here not to settle for the temporary. We are here not to misdirect our worship. And we are here not to misinterpret the word. Our prayer is that, no, for those of you who are struggling and want someone to talk to, we are here as a church. We would love to journey with you. You know, get in touch with us. But more than anything, have an honest conversation with Jesus. He said, you know, he's giving us the Holy Spirit who's a comforter. He's more closer than anyone can actually be. And he's listening to us. He can hear your heartache. He can hear your desperate cry. And would you ask him to come in and change your life? I pray that you have a blessed week. God bless you all. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. If you like what you are hearing, consider rating us, subscribing, and even sharing it with friends. That would really help us. For more content from We Are Zion and to connect with us, go to wearezion.in. Remember, whoever finds Jesus finds life.